Can the Big 12 capitalize off the potential exit of Florida State from the ACC Conference and why we can put to bed FSU to the Big 12? I'm Josh Neighbors. This is the Big 12 Watch here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Make sure you'll also find us on X at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. That is where I have my Big 12 best bets. I was 54% on the season for football. We're 3-1 and one so far for hoops. ATS, so uh, making you all some money this year is what we've been doing. Uh, hoping to do that next season as well. Uh, if you guys find us where you get your podcast, make sure you all leave five stars if you would and leave a comment as well. And also, if you guys find us here on YouTube, like, subscribe, and also leave comments. This is not the normal setup if you all are new to the Big 12 Watch. Uh, I work out of my office in Arkansas. It's holiday season, so I'm home. I've got the backup laptop. I've got the portable mic, So, uh, and I'm in an empty room. So normally we're not this kind of setup, but hey, it's the holidays, and that usually necessitates uh, this kind of setup and whatnot. I'm also supporting Virginia Tech today because, hey, we're talking about potentially some future uh, Big 12 members. I've got my RC Cup from the Sugar Bowl 2000. I was not there, obviously, but that's the Mike Vick season where they lost actually to Florida State. So that is where we begin today. Let's get down to business. Um, I know Brett McMurphy yesterday had said if Florida State leaves the ACC, the Big 10, the SEC are the two destinations, uh, and then maybe even the Big 12. And I know some folks got excited about that, but here's the reality of this. And I think this is a pretty good reality to think about. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Bud Elliott. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Cover 3 podcast. And I was really curious about what he had to say, because Bud also has a law degree, too, and a Florida State guy. So I know, obviously, he's coming from a, from a you know biased perspective. But here's what I would say about all of this, is that, look, Florida State's frustrated after being left out of the college football playoff, right? Uh, I understand their frustrations are, are there. And they are, you know, really upset right now. I think they know, though, that just getting away from the ACC is not enough. They eventually need to land in the SEC or they need to land in the Big Ten because of the money, because of the conference payouts, right? And the thing is, I mean, as much as we think the Big 12 is going to have more money here, uh, you know, distributed moving forward year in, year out, and then once the new TV deal takes over and then you hope the renegotiation in 2030 Whenever that happens, the new TV deal does the same too. I think you you kind of like your position because the Big 12, I've said this before, guys. If the Big 12, if if we're talking about a meal, like if the tele, if a, if a Saturday of college football is the meal, sometimes the Big 12 can be the main course. Sometimes it can be the steak, but a lot of time it's the awesome potatoes or it's the great rolls or it's the awesome wine or beer or it's the great dessert, right? Like, and it can actually be all of those things, right? I mean, honestly. If you want to say, you know, there, there might be a great day of college football and you look at it and you say, well, you know, we had Michigan, Ohio State, sure, but, you know, oh, my God, that BYU-Oklahoma State game was nuts. Texas Tech versus, you know, uh, Houston was crazy or whatever game, you know, TCU-Baylor was crazy, right? And you can kind of, you know, say, hey, these these were great Big 12 games. This conference is so competitive, right? Uh, it can be that. It's It's been that a lot of weeks, right? And I would say, like, that is why we love this league. That's, that's kind of where its position is. Um, but it's excuse me, not been positioned as one of those uh, top leagues moving forward. And so when we think about what's going to happen here, 
right? Uh, you know, the, the the Florida State Seminoles as a program, they want to go to one of those big leagues. So I have made the steps I believe will happen after listening to folks yesterday about how Florida State plans to attack it. I have not put legal stuff in here because I am not a lawyer. I kind of defer on that. So the merits of the legal argument for Florida State, I'm going to leave up to people who know a lot better. But just with my knowledge of what folks have said and also typically how these things have gone, here's what my thought process is. So the steps are this. FSU sues the ACC. FSU and ACC go to court. There's a settlement number. FSU teams up with private equity. FSU joins a new league, right? So one, they sue. Two, the court battle. Three, a settlement. Four, uh, private equity comes in. And five, Florida State joins a new league. Now, the private equity thing becomes very interesting, right? And, and guys, I was thinking about today's show, and I made a list, a list of things. So we're going to really focus on the, on the Big 12 side of this and what this means. We have to understand Florida State's spot in all of this. Um, I thought Bud made a good point yesterday on cover three. He said, you know, private equity views college football as a, as a really good asset as something you can buy into because relative to other professional sports, actually it's priced pretty well. Right. So if you're talking about like a, if a private equity firm goes into investing in a, in a team, you have to pay up. I mean, think about the, the massive sums of money that have been, thrown out for the purchase of professional sports teams. It's huge, right? Because it's a, I mean, it's a good investment. Like teams usually, unless you're in a shitty market, uh, don't go anywhere. You know, so it's a pretty good investment to be involved in some of these franchises. I mean, even the, the Clippers were a $2 billion purchase with an owner who had to sell the team, right? So, you, you know, these um, these assets, Florida, like, you know, Florida State, you know, getting them on the, on the athletic payout, like that's a pretty, good place to be because look out of the remaining teams florida state's one of the big chips to fall i mean you think about the the, the biggest tv drawings drawings this year um and we just had some numbers about that biggest tv drawings in in college football uh you know florida state's up there and the thing about it is if you think about like all the rest of them i mean they're pretty much all all out like they're already all kind of all collected right i mean who else who else is left at this point out of the major TV draws that is still available to go to a, a different place? Not many teams. Clemson's there, uh, you know, in this conference, obviously Notre Dame is there. They're independent and seems like they still value their independence for how long they do. We will see. Right. But they still value that independence very much. They just re up with NBC. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't forget the number was with Miami, but like, you know, think about these big brands that are out there. You know, there's, there's starting to be less and less of them. Uh, we're starting to get fewer and fewer of them. And so Florida state's a good get for either organization. One of my big questions about all this though, is how does ESPN feel about Florida state fighting their way out? Now, if the settlement number is good enough for them and they're saying, all right, we're going to get some of this back. And also too, if, if FSU goes to the sec, I, I you know, I've, I was kind of of the mind that like, I don't think they would love, if this would happen normally, but also at the same time, I do think that they would be okay with it because if that means they can make Florida state, Oklahoma, Florida state, Texas, all that stuff, they'd be happy. Um, you know, in the short term, I think they would make them happy, but if they go to the big town, I can't imagine, I can't imagine ESPN would be too thrilled about Florida state exiting, going to the big 10 uh, because the big 10, at least, you know, until 2030 does not have 
uh, any tie with ESPN. Now, I think the big change is this, is that, you know, a Super League is imminent. We'll get the Super League in a second here. But if a Super League is imminent, you'd think that ESPN Fox are definitely going to be involved. So, like, Florida State would eventually be back on their networks. Also, the New Year's Six Bowls, ESPN. The college ball playoff right now is also ESPN. So, Florida State would would be back there eventually. But the problem is, during the regular season, there's no guarantee that they would be on ESPN. So, I don't know how ESPN would feel about that kind of situation. Right? Um, But the thing about private equity, back to that part of it is, like private equity getting involved here, you know, that, that's going to take a chunk of it for Florida State year in and year out, right? But I think that Florida State's a consistent draw. And so you feel really confident about the long-term uh, success of Florida State football. Now, this, once again, I mean, I wrote down a million questions about what we can tackle and we can't tackle all of it today. Uh, but if we're assuming the, that Florida State goes independent for a year, right, in a couple years, right, uh, or – you know, goes to the Big Ten or SEC. What is next for the ACC, right? Because if you were to say, all right, what does the ACC have on the Big 12? The ACC's advantage over the Big 12 conference would be this. It would be the the big brands they have. They've got a Florida State right now. They've got a Clemson right now. They have got uh, Miami right now. They've got a North Carolina right now. And the Big 12's counter is, well, we've got a more competitive league overall, right? I mean, think about how good this league is top to bottom. Like, there is more quality in the in the Big 12 than there is the ACC, in my opinion, right now. I think that is where I would view this. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think that's, that's pretty fair to say. If one of those brands goes away, that's, that's a huge problem for them. And I know they backfilled already, so they're trying to, you know, maintain – you know, maintain what they have right now. Stanford, Cal, SMU kind of maintain that, you know, in, in contention for that third spot. But this is going to start going in the wrong direction. The, the, other, the other question, though, is do other teams have the juice to make this decision? Right? Because, I, I mean, I do think, like, no matter what the AC, it's going to matter what Florida State finds wrong and, in, in, you know, what, what, what they sue for, what the legal action is. But, like, do other teams have the resources and potentially the financial backing to do what Florida State's going to do. That's my first question. Because to me, like this does not guarantee the ACC's death if you think about it in that way, right? I mean, it, it, if if Florida State's got the juice, Clemson probably has the juice, but but who else really does? Like, does Miami want to go all the way with that? I think they might. Um, you know, does does North Carolina have the juice for that? Because I don't know if Georgia Tech and Boston College and Wake Forest and Clemson, or excuse me, Clemson, you know, and and Louisville and Pitt all have the juice for that. They might all vote to dissolve. And, you know, we need those eight votes we talked about. And once again, the ironclad nature of this grant of rights, as it's been described to me by multiple people and also in the reporting, kind of has indicated that that vote of eight schools would be difficult to do. But if I'm all those schools, too, I'm paying attention. You know, I'm not jumping ship yet. But I'm paying attention if I'm all of those schools to what happens today, because private equity might want to get involved in college football in a bunch of different ways. And you're wondering, all right, private equity, like anybody, anybody in general, right, would find value in a Florida state. You can find value in a Michigan, in Ohio State, in Oregon, and all of those schools. What is the value of a Virginia Tech? 
what is the value of, and, and once again, I, I use Virginia Tech in like a complimentary way because that is a fan base that, I mean, rain or shine when it comes to, and I mean, actually weather-wise too, but rain or shine, no matter how good the team is, fills up the stadium. They were a once proud brand trying to obviously get back to that place before. Not in a big city, but, you know, tied to like the, the D.C. area. Uh, obviously, you know, they were to join a Big 12. Or like Virginia Tech will have a home somewhere. Virginia Tech is the type of school that will have a home somewhere. You'd think Virginia Tech and UVA would as as two schools would have a home somewhere. You think Georgia Tech, maybe being in Atlanta because they were there, would have a home somewhere, right? The, the schools you're worried about if you are a if you're an a you know if you're an ACC person or if you're one of these fans like Syracuse, you're concerned about Boston College. I know it's in Boston, but still you're concerned about them. Uh, you know you're concerned about Wake Forest. Um, you know, at NC State, I'm not like I'm not like too 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 concerned about you know, but those small schools. That in a lot of ways, in terms of like what they bring to the table, and people keep telling me about the about Washington State great ratings, Oregon State great ratings. Guys, if people care, they'd be in one of the conferences. Like if if like TV networks really care, they'd be in one of the conferences. The TV networks are not sleeping on those schools. There's a reason they're not involved in it. Okay, there's a reason they're not involved in it. These TV people, I mean, they might be ruining the sport, but they're not like complete and total idiots. Uh, I think is a, is a fair way to put that. But you're trying to think about like, okay, there's ACC schools. Some of them, some of them would be concerned, you know, uh, should be concerned. But generally speaking, like, I think there's a good amount that feel like they would find a home. You know, Louisville and Pitt would make sense in the Big 12 conference, obviously with Cincinnati and West Virginia in the area. You add UVA, Virginia Tech, I mean, you're starting to get the picture here. And the thing about the Big 12, too, is that, you know, it could be appealing. Uh, and I'm saying overall, like, it is a national conference. It's already there. So you're not too concerned about, you know, I think them going away because, They've got all of these games and all of these time slots that they can offer these TV networks. And I still think that's valuable. So if you're private equity, you know, this, this big 12, like if you are invested in a team that is either uh, could join or in the big 12, the reason why you'd feel comfortable in that investment is because the big 12 size and its place in college football and college basketball, I'd say too, right. Cause college basketball does make some money. Um, it's producing national champions and hoops. Obviously it's a value to the TV networks because of where it can place the games, right? You have a UCF game at 11 AM central time. You can have a BYU game at 10 PM central time. If you really wanted to, I mean, I wouldn't suggest that, but like, uh, you know, uh, 10 PM Eastern time, if you wanted to, you know, you can do all of those things. They can fit in that schedule. They had a team go to the national championship last year. They are in places like Salt Lake city and Phoenix, uh, you know, outside of Phoenix and uh, obviously all over the place in Texas and Dallas. Right. And they're in places like Orlando, um, you know, West Virginia's obviously got ties, you know, to, to you know, a school place like Cincinnati, obviously, you know, Kansas City with with, uh, you know, with with KU. They've got all these like across the United States markets wrapped up. I know I, I forgot some in between there, but they have got significant markets. They've got significant teams and they have enough teams. Because here's the thing, guys, it's starting to get to the point now where, like, I don't know about the Big 12 competing and winning championships in college football, but it's getting to the point now where the Big 12's got so many teams, it's going to be tough to ignore them. It's going to be tough to ignore the Big 12. Like, do we just, like, you can't just kind of cut out the Big 12 altogether. Uh, it's going to be very, very difficult to do. And with how competitive, I mean, like, TC going to the national championship was significant. And then the number of competitive teams they have is significant. You know, I, I just don't see a situation in which they cut out all of these schools. And, and, and Colorado, they mentioned Colorado too, like all of these schools. And also, you know, another good example of this 
too, guys, is that the, the reason why some of these schools can be exciting is it's a long shot, but like a Deion Sanders can come into a Colorado and make it one of the most watched schools in America. And it's, it's lightning in a bottle in some senses, but like a college football team is still an entity that can do that. The ratings for Colorado state, Colorado were bananas for a game of that quality at the time that it happened. You think about the teams that, that, that rated when Colorado played them and who they like Colorado state, not that good. TCU ended up, I mean, obviously managed to game last year but like tc ends up not being like that nebraska obviously big brand but still not didn't did make a bowl game like these weren't awesome teams and, and not coming with a ton of clout either and the ratings were fantastic so if you're private equity that's why you're interested but the big thing is is like once again you're interested but are these you know is it worth a massive investment like is it going to be worth that and, and i know there's smaller private equity firms but like is it worth that kind of investment to go after that and make that happen? I just don't know if it is. I know the thing about TKO got brought up the other day. Like, does a company like that want to get involved in college sports? You know, Endeavor doesn't want to do that. I still have doubts about that just because of the nature of what TKO is. I don't know if TKO needs to be invested in Big 12 football. Like, I don't know if that's just like, I mean, if that helps portfolio, good for them. But I just don't see that. The big thing, though, is, you know, is this the first step in the ACC's demise? Because can other teams, can other schools pull off what Florida State is about to pull off? If the if we're just assuming private equity is going to be involved, right, because of how worthwhile the entity of Florida State is, that's the big rub. It's because of how worthwhile the entity is, how much value it has. And so that's why I'm asking, does a Virginia Tech bring that? Can a Pitt and Louisville, or is it a group thing? where a private equity firm says a group of Louisville, Pitt, Virginia Tech, uh, UVA, you know, the four of you all, we would like you all to, you know, we will invest in an exit of the ACC for you all. If you all go to the big 12 conference, we'll, we'll, we will fund that kind of a uh, kind of effort, you know, on the back end, you're going to pay us out. And we're the gamble, I guess there is with the big 12, you're hoping the big 12 TV payout is bigger. You're hoping with the CFP expansion things get bigger. And I'll tell you this, guys, you know, the, the reason why I always wonder about this sport is right now it feels like fan, not apathy, but anger towards the sport of college football has never been higher, right? It's never been higher. People are upset with the transfer portal. People are upset with NIL. People are upset about the college football playoff. People are upset at coaches. I and mean, we had Oklahoma fans the other day giving one-star reviews to a, a transfer's uh, his dad's business, gross and disgusting. But I think it kind of reflects how, I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but like people are angry and pissed off. But here's the thing, when it comes to the games, people are still watching. The ratings have been fantastic. Another great year of ratings for, I mean, obviously, but live sports, especially football does really well. College football is the second most popular sport. I will say though, I, I don't know if this is true, but I think the big question we're starting to ask here is, with ratings, with college football, and how watched it is. Is there a danger of alienating enough fans if you start telling people certain programs don't matter? I was talking about this last night with some friends, and they're like, yeah, it's it's kind of pissing me off and I don't want to watch anymore. And they're like, and like I have a couple of buddies who are, you know, casual fans are huge, like in any sport, uh, casual fans, you know, think about like UFC and WWE, like they want to bring in casuals. That's what matters a lot. Casual fans 
are what people care about a lot. That's why Alabama and Michigan are playing a Rose Bowl, I think, in some ways, because they want the casuals to come watch big brands. Everybody will watch Michigan and Alabama in a Rose Bowl. But do we want a world where we're getting that all the time and nobody else matters? Sorry, Kansas State. Sorry, Oklahoma State. Sorry, App State. Sorry, uh, Washington State. Because we've already, we've already said sorry to Washington State and Oregon State. We've already said goodbye to the Pac-12. We've already erased that, right? We are starting to pick apart other conferences as well, okay? That is that has all happened. But do we want to live in a sport where that, that happens? And that's the actual case. Because if that is the case, if that's where we end up living, then the Big 12 might be dead. But I have to think that people will kind of fight back on that idea. A Super League, it just becomes the NFL minor leagues, and that's not that fun. Right. And that's why I like the five plus seven model five. Like we just consolidated from from four power, uh, five power conferences to four. And we're adding, a, you know, we're saying, hey, five conference champions make it automatically. It's exciting. I, I think that's exciting. That's good. I'm not saying they can win it all the time, but like having a seat in the table, having a ticket to the dance to me is very, very important. And once again, like we're bringing broad strokes in the show. But the big thing I want I want to ask is this about the Big 12, the Big 12, you know, can you bet on it all the time in college football games? You know, can you, can you, I mean, I do bet on the games, but like, uh, can you bet on the big 12 being a big winner in every big game? No. Can you bet on the big 12, you know, all the time and, and you know, out of conference games? No, whatever. But when it comes to survival and it comes to existing and it comes to being around and it comes to being a factor, the big 12 is a cockroach. You cannot kill this thing. This thing has lived amongst the tallest trees forever and it cannot, it cannot be killed. I mean, Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, AM, Oklahoma, Texas, whatever you want to call it, Southwest. I mean, just whatever it is, whatever iteration. This part of the country, folks, it cares. It and, and honestly, we've added more parts. We've we have found pockets of people who love their athletics, who love their schools, who care about this competition level, who support it, who help build programs up. And these are these, don't get me wrong, guys, in college football, college basketball, both men's and women's and baseball, all this stuff. Programs have been built in Big 12 country. People are, you know, it's it, Chris Kleiman is doing things. Lance Leipold is building things. They're knocking down stadiums because of how good Lance Leipold is at coaching football, right? They're knocking down and they are rebuilding because of how good that guy is as a coach. And we got Matt Campbell, we've got Mike Gundy who's built something special in Stillwater. Like, this is what the Big 12 is. It's not three teams. Like, guess what the Big 10 is? Three teams. Three teams this year. There were three teams, all right? Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Guys, the, the, the Big Ten West does not matter. They did not win. A, the Big Ten West did not win a single Big Ten championship game. They did not win one of them. They didn't. I mean, those schools just every time, I mean, hitting their head against the ceiling, hitting their head against the ceiling, hitting their head against the ceiling, right? Because there's other schools that are, that are big. Guess, guess who took down Michigan in, in one try? TCU did. TCU did. You know, I, I like look. You could chuck TCU into the Big Ten West, and they win it every year. I don't know, but TCU got their shot. They didn't miss. Because guess what? That that's it was it was one of the best coaching jobs we've ever seen in the individual season. I mean, Sonny Dykes, like, like the individual season pop ups. You know, you can go with the Cam Newton season, right? Uh, but that was Cam Newton orchestrating that. It's not what we just you know Mel Tucker rise and you know rise and fall. There's a lot of transfers were involved there, but like how high do they actually make it? I mean, TCU got all the way to the mountaintop. Fell up, you know, came up way short in the mountaintop, but still got there. Because the Big I mean, it's not just saying it's the Big Twelve, but like the Big Twelve has always had to find the inefficiencies. That's why Brett Yormark is here. 
Brett Yormark is here because they need a guy who's looking for inefficiency. They need a guy who's looking for other ways to survive. And so as we have this conversation about the future of the, of, uh, you know, the ACC, like I would put my money on the big 12 capitalizing off of it. Now, the big thing is right. Brett Yormark was with the PAC 12 was kind of waiting, right. Waiting for something to happen with some of those bigger schools to, to cause a domino to drop. They did get Colorado first, but he was waiting for a domino to drop here. You know, he's going to need to do, cause, cause just Florida state won't get the job done and Florida state. Here's the thing guys. Once again, Florida state's trying to find their way out of a 13 year contract. That is why they're going to need private equity. They're not, they do not have the money, whatever the settlement, unless the court somehow says $0 is what you owe, which is possible, I guess but really unlikely, right? They are going to need somebody else's money to make happen what they want to make happen. Can other schools do the same? Because that is what the Big 12 will need, at least in the short term, right? Because then, then once you're getting to the, at, at that, you know, at the juncture is awaiting him. If those schools wanted to leave the ACC eventually and join the Big 12, what is the point at which they can? When does the buyout becomes, you know, basically the buyout becomes small enough where they can coax uh, other teams out of it? And also, I think the thing is, you lose like some voting, you lose some ability to to dissolve the ACC if Florida State and Clemson stuff leave early because if you can get one simultaneous group to go together and like kind of all do that outvote, yes, and all go different places, you're in good shape. But if if two schools leave earlier, like that's two less yes votes. You know, I'm not sure how much they need when it gets smaller, but like that's two less yes votes. And you're adding three more schools in the league that are probably not no votes on anything ACC because they're just joining the league. So the big 12 is going to be in a tough spot because they have to watch carefully. They have to figure out what they can do because I, I still think the best thing they can do at this point, honestly, is keep adding, make yourself so significant and important that, that people have to pay attention to you. Now, what I don't want to see is them get a bunch of teams and, you know, a super league pick and choose which teams happen. I ultimately think we're going to get some kind of relegation promotion types. I hope at least relegation promotion situation. I think that's kind of where we're headed, but this will shape the course of college football. I'm just saying I would not count on the big 12 dying or going, going away easily because we keep trying to write them off and they keep surviving. The big 12 is big thing. Their, their best quality has been their ability to survive. Um, you lose two big schools, you've added more schools, right? Have they always been behind or ahead of the eight ball? Not always, but they've recovered well. They've made smart business moves. They made smart additions as uh, who's the head of the conference. They're, they're trying different things. They're trying different strategies, guys. They are. And, and, and that's what you have to do. Being and my dog's going crazy. He loves it. Loves the big 12 when the efforts are trying. Um, and that's what I, that's what I mean. I think at the end of the day, like that is what they have to be lauded for. But they have to pay attention. We and then private equity's role in this, I think, will ultimately define what happens. Because I do believe, you know, if, if we, if it's like the eight can just break it and then break it and leave, I guess you know you need eight and you need eight to vote out and then you're good, right? But if it's not going to be like that, and I would I would say that with Florida State situation, it's it's not how private equity is involved and how much they have to be involved to make something like this happen is going to be a huge role, but it's going to be fought out in court. I'm not saying today is the day that college football ends and we begin that, but today is the day that we watch a process we have never seen before. Guys, they have a they are challenging a teenager of a contract. The contract they are trying to trying to get out of is is going to, you know, it's going to be a teenager by the time it expires. 
It's 13 years. It's, it's actually a college in the beginning of it. It was a college student, right? A 20 year contract. They are seven years in. They signed it. They have to break it. How they break it and who gets involved to help them break it will ultimately define the future of college football. The Big 12's future, too, maybe in some positive ways and potentially negative ways if schools try to get out there as well. And so we all have to be watching this. But if I'm Brett Yormark and I see you know one leave and it's potentially doable, and you've got some connections across entertainment and maybe even in private equity, help facilitate that, make that thing happen. We'll see. But once again, TV networks are running this. So Fox and ESPN will have their say, too. You can see all the tentacles are out there right now. There's so many different ways this could go. There's so many different things, obviously, that are involved. And once again, Florida State cannot leave right now. I think they'd give notice next season. So I think, you know, we're all kind of, I think that's the one thing about this, you know, is that there's so many things about it. There's so many different directions and ways that this will impact because they're about to do something that's never been done before in an era where a bunch of things that have never been done before in college sports are happening. We have a playoff. We're expanding it to 12. We had five power conferences. We just saw one dissolve with hundred years of history, just like that. We're seeing teams move. We are seeing unbelievable amounts of money being spent on recruiting classes, right? The I, I mean, coaches are talking about making players employees, something that was never talked about before. You never thought that would happen. Dabo Sweeney famous saying, if players get paid, I'm done. Right. How'd that go? A $10 million check for Dabo still cashes. I mean, you're saying just it's an unbelievable age of college sports and all the change. It's tough for people. I think especially college ball fans are so regional and rooted and, you know, certain parts of the country, it's difficult to see. But, you know, I, I do. I'm trying to hold out hope that this sport and sports can still be what we love about it. But more and more, we're seeing elements of what we don't like about it. And I'm not even talking about kids getting paid. I'm actually for that. Um, but you know, I think just fans are upset and they're angry because of the way the sport has turned and they're still watching though. That's a big thing. We're still watching college football is massively exciting, but the big 12, a potential opportunity to capitalize. And I will say they already did. Brett Yormark just tossing their name out there. Cause that's what he did. I think had somebody do it with Brett McMurphy being like, we're in the mix. We will forever remember that the big 12 was in the mix for Florida state. Uh, you could say RIP those chances 12, 21, 22, uh, to, you know, to 12, 22, 22, because let's be our 23 rather, because let's be honest, guys, uh, Florida state ain't leaving and ain't going the private equity route just to join the big 12. They are, they think of themselves as a team that should be competing for titles. They believe that they have the resources and money to compete for titles. They will. And they want to make sure they do not fall behind in those departments. We must watch what happens. I have no doubts that, that Brett Yormark has his eyes glued to the metaphorical television here and will make some significant moves based off of that and position the Big 12 in the best place as an entertainment uh, entity. All right, folks, that will do it. You all can follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Like, subscribe, leave comments. Boom. See you all next time.